Hello and welcome to Celtic A to Z podcast and we're back for episode L. I'm Jerry. Welcome everyone. Hi Barry. Hi Mark. Hi, Hi Jerry. Jerry. Hi, Hi Mark. Hi guys. So yeah, so we're back again for episode L and as we alluded to last week, it's a very important letter for Celtic. We've got a couple of um, absolute legends of the club in Henrik Larsson and Bobby Lennox. And of course, we've got the Lisbon Lions, who I'm sure would have walked the wild card or anything to do with Lisbon would have done it. So, I think we're all agreed. But you know, as, as we mentioned last week, we're going to do a special episode on Larson and the Lions, which is uh, we're recording next week. And we've had a couple of people get in touch, uh, which is great. Just sharing some some memories of you know Larson and um, yeah couple of things which I guess you know so we'll part till next week and we'll do a proper discussion and all of that but please if anyone else wants to get in touch uh, even wants to you know appear briefly you know on on the podcast uh, love to have you on if we can work out a way to do that by a Zoom only briefly though we don't want you on too long <laughs> yeah <laughs> still um, on the line mate <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah it might, might be good to, to have another voice or two on it and say any, anyone who does want to do that you know by all means get in touch if you'd rather leave it to us just you know send in some memories um, and we'll, we'll, we'll pick those up. So we'll have a special on Larson and the Lions next week because um, we figured if we start talking about Larson, Lennox, the Lisbon Lions, we probably won't have time to do the rest of the L's and there's some very good other L's as well, uh, you know, which we'll, we'll come to in a moment. Um, and I guess, so yeah, we'll just move, move straight on with, with this week's episode and I'm taking it away first this week. Uh, and my L is perhaps a, a fairly obvious one. And, you know, I, I'm sure in time, we'll put it this way, I I wondered if he could have been an automatic pick anyway. And that is, of course, Neil Lennon, um, current manager and obviously a player as well under Martin O'Neill and, and that, that great era in the early 2000s. So I want to start by, I guess, talking about when Lennon... So, Obviously, Lennon, very well-established player with Leicester, you know, in, in the English Premiership. And I kind of wanted to, to mention that transfer firstly, because that's just not a transfer that, that we really do anymore. You know, oh, yeah, there's no way in the world we would be yeah. signing Neil Lennon these days. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, genuinely one of the first picks for a, a team in the, you know, kind of middle of the Premier League in England. And... Uh, you know, as I say, a well-established player. They'd won a couple of League Cups and things like that, played in Europe. So £6 million, obviously, nowadays, a player in that position in that team is probably going for 30 or £40 million. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, it's crazy. Changed days. Um, you, you throw into his age as well, because was, was he not 29 when he joined Celtic? 28, 29, certainly no they're younger than that. You know, yeah. Celtic don't buy players at that age, certainly not at that money these days. No, I know. It's very true. But you're right, pretty much at the peak he's career you know when he came to us so um yeah i mean that's that's the first thing that kind of strikes you when you when you look at us signing lennon and i guess you know that era how how different it was and how that was i mean fair enough i appreciate lennon big celtic man big celtic family comes from and obviously wanted to play for us but that was that was clearly a genuine step up for him you know at that point coming to come to celtic uh from a team in the middle of the premiership so 
Um, yeah, we also you know, just taken a manager as well a few months before. <laughs> of course we had, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Change so, days. I know. So it's that. I mean, I, I guess it's a, bit a shame, but yeah, yeah, it's just I guess the, the way of it at the moment. But do you know what? Swings and roundabouts, and uh, maybe that bubble burst one day, and, and you know, <laughs> the cream will rise again. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that that that's the kind of first thing I wanted to mention because it is it's a it's obviously very different from from the kind of transfers we make now. Um, and Lennon just, you know, he, he comes in, he comes right into the team and he's basically in the team for, for years to come thereafter, win the treble in his first season. Um, it's obviously a great start, uh, adds another league title following year um, and then he's, he's, he's a mainstay of the, the road to Seville. So just that absolute glory period for Celtic, um, you know, in the early 2000s under a new one, Lennon and that team, I'm sure we may come to talk about others on that team as well throughout the course of this episode, but uh, you know, he's, he's one of the first names on that team sheet, and uh, as I say, just that total mainstay of that team throughout O'Neill's time. And indeed, the first season, the treble season you're talking about there, I mean, was, he came in about September time, is that right? September, October, it wasn't yeah. at the start of the season. December, but it was quite late on. December, actually, late on yeah, yeah, December. Yeah. It was a bit so, I think he, it was quite protracted, the, the transfer, but I think they were sort of playing hardball with his. But he came in and he was like, straight away, he was like, right into the team. There was no settling in period. It was like, I'm here, I'm yep. going to play centre mid now. <laughs> and, and that's it. I remember that little firm game, the, the 3-1 game in the CIS Cup semi-final. Yeah. And he just absolutely bullied Rangers that night. And they, I think it must have been his first old firm game, but he just completely dominated the whole match. Yeah, I know. And obviously that that became a fixture. Where he's, I mean, he's just one of the guys you could properly rely on um, in, in those games. He's one of those players that, um, I mean, obviously Celtic fans totally warmed him over the years. Um but yeah, I mean, it's perhaps it's, it's not an obvious position where there's a lot of kudos given, I guess, by people who maybe aren't really into football and don't really understand or don't you know like go to the games and stuff like that. So, but when you actually saw the amount of work that the Lennon put in and just his, the, he did the, I don't want to say the donkey work of the team, but you know he's, he he allowed that team to 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 play, you know, look. Yeah, well, he did. Him. I mean, he- he battled for the ball constantly. He yep. used to see, although he was a defensive midfielder, you used to see him, like if he was free, he would storm the the centre halves of the opposition if they were playing the ball around the back just to sort of force something to happen and try and win yep. the ball back. Um, for a wee guy with short legs, you know, he could get about the park reasonably well, certainly in his younger days. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, the, yeah, of course, I mean, he's, and that, that was obviously his role in the team. Um, you're right, Barry. Just a you know, just a great player. Obviously, one of our one of my favourite players from from that era. Um, he didn't score many goals, but there is one in particular that, that sticks in my mind. Uh, I'm sure you guys are the same. I think he only scored two. Isn't it? <laughs> Did he only actually score two? I, I couldn't actually. <laughs> I, to be honest, it's actually the only one I remember. And I think uh, in the comments. So this is the the goal against Dunfermline, which was the yeah. seventh of eight <laughs> in the eight one game. Uh, and he, he, he kind of wins the ball about 25 yards for go and just take, takes it in a little bit, cuts on his right foot and slashes it from outside of the box past the keeper. And his yeah. celebration is just absolutely wild. Just He, he loves it. <laughs> and the Celtic <laughs> fans all singing, only one Neil Lennon after it. And just thinking, you've just went 7-1 up. You know what I mean? It's all a bit yeah. over the top, but it's it's wonderful and it's just great to watch. 
and the the commentator. I think the ball bounces about three times. Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not exactly. It's not the cleanest strike you'll ever see. Um, but yeah, the the commentator that which I think is actually Jock Brown. Um, when I was listening to, it, uh, I think he actually mentions it was his first goal in five years or something. <laughs> his first goal since two thousand and one. Uh, so yeah, he clearly didn't score many. But that goal actually won uh, Celtic's goal of the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, which is which is wonderful. Um, I'll touch on. So I don't, I don't Do want you remember when he almost scored in the cup final in two thousand and four against the Fairman? It was like the last minute. Oh yeah, run. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's what, what could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, obviously, obviously not noted for that. But I, you know, as you mentioned, by that, that wasn't his role. So that you know, that that that's great. And so that, but that goal is, is a kind of special memory. Um, I thought since I don't want to get bogged down in, in some of the negative aspects of uh, Neil Lennon when he's been here, and obviously a lot of trouble with sectarianism and you know from from certain fans groups of uh, other teams. Um, most notably Rangers and Hearts, let's be honest. Um, but the the game at Ibrox where obviously, and, and I guess, I mean, listen, he's been taking abuse at Ibrox for years, but one game in particular where Martin O'Neill felt the need to come out afterwards and call out, you know, what he actually says, you know, on Sky is it's racist abuse. You know, that's what mm-hmm. this guy's getting. Um, and it's a real, I mean... I'm not convinced things have moved on hugely since then, but I think it, it probably became more prevalent discussions about it. People properly wrote about it. I remember Graeme Spears doing a great piece after it as well. Um, so it, it did kind of bring it into the open. And in fairness to Rangers board level, they did kind of make the, the right noises at the time. You know, I remember David Murray coming out as well and talking about, you know, he wants to eradicate it and everything. So, um it's, I mean, it's not obviously a particularly nice memory, but it's part of Lennon. It's part of what's happened to him when he was here. It's a fairly iconic photograph, that though. It's him and Neil, Martin and Neil yeah. with the arm, the arm round him. Yeah, on the park at Ibrooks, you're right. I know, um, but it's, you know, it's a kind of real. It's, a, it's one of the kind of standout moments, I guess, of his Celtic career. It's probably worth mentioning. Um, obviously, a lot more trouble um, over in Northern Ireland. Um, it's a bit of a shame how his international career went uh, and yeah, basically the biggest one over there, there's no other way of putting it. That's that's kind of what happened. He was hounded out of that team and yeah. after what, 39, 40 games, never never played for them that's again. Because yeah. he was what? Ah, he 40 caps, wasn't it? And was it, he was captain that He was day, captain, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I know it's a real shame. Um, but you know what, they lost, so that's... You know, by the by, um, obviously that that kind of followed them around, I guess, in in Scotland as well. Um, I don't think the biggest one in Scotland, though. We know which is good. We kind of, I guess, stood up to it a bit more, perhaps. Who obviously it's a very different country than Northern Ireland, so so I get that. Um, but it's as I say, obviously not just Rangers, the Hearts game as well. I mean, actually getting attacked on the park, you know, it's nuts. Um, doesn't seem to happen to. To many other folks, so no, um, and I guess that brings us on to well, obviously, that was his manager. And I know we're kind of mentioned doing Neil Lennon, it was about yeah, okay, let's let's try and stick to his um, his playing days because he probably is 
verging on an automatic pick if you take his playing and management together, I think. Um, but I think I think we do need to kind of reflect a bit on what he's done as manager at Celtic in two different spells. Uh, and in particular, picking up the reins after being left in the lurch by that previous manager. Um, you know, just before that game at Hearts, getting that win, you know, seeing it through to the title, winning the cup, uh, just wonderful. And then last season, you know, a great season again, you know, for the nine in a row. But his first spell, of course, the I mean, the, the standout game there is obviously the Barcelona one, um, possibly the finest club side ever, apart from the Lisbon Lions, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, beating them at Celtic Park, and it's probably the best game I've, I've ever been to. Um, and that that that's Lennon, you know, and it took him a couple of years to get European football. Uh, didn't do particularly well, you know. I remember. Is it um, Sion or the Sion stuff? And then is it Utrecht put us out the following year or something? Yeah, well, no, no, yeah. So the first season, the 2010-11, we got knocked out by Utrecht. So we didn't happen, even make yeah. the, the group stage. Um, yeah. Albeit we beat them 2-0 at home and then just fell apart. Away from four one was, was it 4-0 or something? Or something? Four nil. But the, the year after, actually, although we got knocked out by Sion and got that reprieve, they done okay in the group stage that year. And I think Lennon spoke about that in the past. It was a group in that Europa League that, he learned a lot and his team actually learned a lot about how to play yeah. they drew home away with Udinese and beat Rennes at home they drew away at Rennes and they had two yeah, tough yeah. matches against Atletico Madrid Atletico, yeah. they learned a lot and then we went on from there you know, to 2012-13 with a great season but the foundations are probably laid the year before but yeah that's, but I think that I mean it speaks volumes of a manager to, to learn like that because obviously you know, he was a young manager and stuff and um, I think he, he, when you see the trouble that Rodgers had in Europe, you know, in, in trying to play against teams like Barcelona and PSG, guy couldn't, he, he, he didn't have it in him. He didn't know how to play, didn't know what to do. And I think Lennon, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I, I don't know how history will remember him and judge him against other managers, but he, he figured it out. He figured out how to play against Barca that night and and yeah. obviously, you know, won the game, took us through the last 16. Remarkable achievement. Um, so that I said, I want to go too deep into his, his managerial stuff. I know we're, we're kind of trying to stick to the um, the, the his playing days. Uh, so I'll ju- I'll just wrap it up with his, you know, I guess his overall record for Celtic. Uh, you know, which is that five league titles as a player, four Scottish cups, two league cups, obviously runner up in in Seville as well. So a real successful time um, as a player with us, two hundred twenty seven games over that period as well. So just it's like I said, just a genuine um, stalwart of that team in that, that kind of early 2000s era. And that's Neil Lennon. <laughs> no, I mean, he's Lennon, he's Celtic through and through. I, I know that when he came back in the club, he thought about it, it was his duty to come into the team. He just said it all yep. about the man. And unfortunately, as you said, you don't want to dwell on all the, all the terrible things he's had to endure when he's been here. But I think in a way that's a mark of his character that he's been through all that and still came back mm-hmm. to help the club. So, I mean, I think there's every argument he could be put in, you know, his legendary stage. I'm sure he will get to that stage. Um, but sorry, Barry, I'll yeah. let you go. No, no. The only thing I was going to add to that is that the two years he had under Gordon Strachan when he was club captain yep. from 2005 to 2007, although he was like towards the end of his career, he was still a huge figure at the club at that point. You know, at the end of 2005, the club was on a bit of a downer. We'd lost a nil. You know, Larson had gone the season before that. Sutton wasn't around for very much longer, but you know, Lennon stepped up as captain, won the league by a country mile that season, and then yeah. the following season, 
the only time in his career when he made the last 16 of the Champions League, you know, and was an integral part of that that team that, that eventually went out to the eventual winners Milan, yeah. in AC Milan. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, great career as a as a player from start to finish, really. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. That's um, we could we could probably spend a bit more time talking on Lennon and and, and going on more to the, the the managerial side, but but we'll leave it there for now. We'll focus on Lennon, I say primarily as a player for the purposes of this and uh, a couple of other Celtic greats of recent years he's up against so I'll let you you take it away Mark Cheers Jerry well uh, the competition for Lennon tonight is actually his uh, colleague in central midfield Paul Lambert the, uh, I don't know if you remember when he first signed was talking about can can the team accommodate Lambert yep. Lennon in the same midfield do you remember and, that yeah yeah I think after his first time he went against Dundee in his debut I think he showed quite clearly they could work together mm-hmm. It's funny when you talk, Jerry, about Lennon, you know, we don't make that type of signings anymore. Well, I think Lambert is even more sensational. You know, can you imagine signing a European Cup winner? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, and good and point. A, a guy who, who, who man marks in the Dan, European Cup final, uh, or Champions League as it was, signs for us. So, I mean, that, that signing at the time, uh, it was incredible. Um, and I actually read a wee bit about it. Now, again, I don't know how true this is, so I'll add that caveat, but apparently Lambert had been approached towards the end of Tommy Burns' career. I think he was a player he'd been identified as someone who could really come in and help the team. And there was a, maybe a slight verbal agreement that had been made, but nothing formal, nothing official. Mm-hmm. And then that summer, apparently Rangers had started sort of sniffing around, seeing if he'd been interested in going for a lane. So obviously at that point, Rangers are the team that are successful. But apparently Lambert had said, no, I've, I've verbally agreed to go to Celtic, so I'll go there. So yeah, he's brownie, po- brownie points already for that. Um, <laughs> so Lambert's very much that same period, I think, is... Is Lennon, although he was there a couple of years before, you know, he's, he's yeah. an integral player stopping the 10. Yeah. You think like the goal he scored in the New Year's Derby, absolute screamer. Yeah. Wonderful. Did he did it? I think he was just maybe the missing piece for that team because you, know, you had outstanding talents, you know, like Henrik coming in, you know, and the team, you guys at Burley coming in, a bit experienced, but I think Lambert was that midfield piece that was good enough to go up against the Rangers midfield and battle them and actually be better than them as well. Yeah, because yeah, well, Lambert really believed he was better because he had a Champions League winner's medal to prove it. So he wasn't going yeah. on the park thinking these guys are better than me because they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was a statement that season as well to say that okay, we for the previous years maybe we've been trailing in the shadow of you know, the, the big signs, but that, this was us showing that you know we're capable of bringing in top quality players as well. Yeah. So when ninety seven ninety eight season, he's a huge part of that, and then I think he's he's kind of injured for Bengals this season, and then. Again, I think he gets injured the from first of all game under Barnes. Ah, uh, you know, he's teeth knocked out. That, uh, yeah, Jog Alberts. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Aye, but did, did, did I, I'm sure Dallas gave a penalty, didn't he? <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, typical. <laughs> but I mean, Lambert was also. I mean, he was a quality, quality player before Martin Neal came in. But like Neal did with so many players, he made him even better. So. Although Len, uh, Lambert, you know, had to come in and had won the title and was a huge part of the Celtic team, he actually, I think, improved under O'Neill. He became even better. And you just think back, thinking, you know, at one point our midfield, you know, was Lennon and Lambert, <laughs> central midfield, yeah. Stan Petrov kicking around. And Baravchik on the bench. Aye, <laughs> on the bench. Bobby Pett, I mean, he was good for that, you know, 18 months, two years. <laughs> you know, it, was, it really was. It was Halicon days we were living in, looking back, we were, we, we were spoiled. And I think Lambert's one of these players I kind of took for granted because he'd been there since I was a teenager and he was there into my, you know, late teens, early adulthood. And 
it was only when he was going, I was thinking, that guy was phenomenal. <laughs> when you realise when he's not in the team, and we spoke about how Lennon you know, stood up and, and saw the team through under striking, but Lambert was one of these guys that, you're just so good. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was so good. Yeah. He's such an athletic guy as well. He got about the park so well. He was strong, you know, he could pick a pass. The only thing yeah. he maybe didn't do enough was score goals, but you never really complained about it. No. I don't know if you remember, there was a period in the new second season when he scored two or three goals within the space of about two weeks. Because it was, it, was, it was before we were playing Ajax. I remember there was a wee cartoon joke in the Celtic View saying that Ajax were overseeing Celtic's been goal threat. Because <laughs> he scored a feature, I think, against Kamarnik in the opening game of the season. So, I, I, Paul Lambert, you can see he's a European Cup winner coming out of the team. Yeah, absolute quality. It's a really cool story. You know, a guy leaves, leaves Motherwell and then next season he's, he went to Champions League. It's a really strange story, that isn't it? Yeah, it's a real, uh, well, well, to go on trial at various clubs in Germany and end up at Borussia Dortmund. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then he, then he then comes to the best team in the world after that as well. So. I know, man. Steps up again. <laughs> I feel it's the ending. It's when, a great story, think, Lambert. Yeah. Sorry, the goal. I mean, when you're saying he doesn't, I mean, I know he didn't score a lot of goals. There's one that sticks in my mind against Motherwell, um, and it's the it's 2002, 2003. I think we won four 0 at Fur Park and it was just after uh, one of the games on the road to Seville during the week and he, he scores this goal and it's like kind of 1-2 and stuff like that and it was just a great goal um, but yeah there's a couple that kind of stick in your mind but you're right maybe not that many but some some proper peaches in there 6-2 uh, the the game as well yeah that's the one I was going to say but that's the, that's the one it's, just, it's a nice finish and you, 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 it's up to you were always desperate to get a goal against Rangers but well you want anyone to score against Rangers, but guys like Lambert, you know, who were good servants, made it all the sweeter. I, I mean, that's a like, great goal in the sense that, um, you know, the way it happens is obviously brilliant, but it's the fact that it's like the third goal in, what, 12 minutes or something, 12, 14 minutes, and you're realising, you know, we're going to absolutely pummel them here. And it's just yeah. um, such a great, great feeling. I think yeah. it's going to look back. That was a pivotal moment. You know, that was, uh, you know, the JFK moment of our generation. Where were you? When we beat Rangers six two, I, 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 I was I was working part time and I, I didn't get to see it. And one of my pals at work was a big Celtic fan, but he was the most laid back guy in the world. So he phoned phoned his dad fifty minutes into the game, like Dad, what's the score? And his dad says three 0 And I was like, this better not be a wind up. So I phoned, I phoned <laughs> my own dad, like Dad, what's the score? He's like, he's sitting down. I was like, three 0 And I think after I sort of regained consciousness. <laughs> so I, I love I love Lambert because as a teenager, you know, he was involved in. 97, 98, stopping the 10, and then was a huge part of that successful period under Martin O'Neill. You know, he played his, his part in the, in the run to Seville as well. So, just a really top quality, classy midfielder, you know, and it's sort of guy you'd always love to have in your team. So, that, that's my nomination for tonight, guys. Yep. It's Paul Lambert. Yep. Nice one. Well, yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, I kind of. You... I tried to stay away from talking about the, the kind of Lennon and Lambert together because I knew, I knew you were going to be talking about them. But you're right. I mean, the, it's a great... Um, those, those two guys, two anchors in midfield. It's brilliant. Um, it's a proper solid base of a, of a midfield and probably allows that team to play. And they didn't score many goals, you're right. But you know what? We had Larson, Sutton, Hartson, yeah. Petrov, Thompson, you know, Manavcic weighing in with goals in that period. So... We were never yeah, we didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, great shout, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Barry. Okay, so we've probably picked two obvious ones. So <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go for a, a modern day legend who's not not long departed the club. So I'm nominating Mikel Lustig um, for the uh, the A to Z. 
that PC Lustig? Yep. Apparently <laughs> PC Lustig, yeah. I mean, Lustig, he's played for us for what, eight seasons? Yep. League winners medal in every one of them. So I think actually he's got more league championship medals than either Lennon or Lambert. Yeah, he's got um, doubles. Well, <laughs> double uh, Lambert certainly. I was going to say, if you count so, Lennon's managerial ones, then no. But uh, yeah, no, player, yes. not <laughs> um, also, four Scottish Cups, four League Cups, so 16 medals in total. So he's actually one of the most decorated Celtic players ever. A pretty good haul, um, isn't it? Probably the most, yeah, I guess, must, the biggest for a foreign player, yeah, I imagine. It must be one of them. I haven't yeah. checked, but it must be pretty close, if not the top. Um, yeah. 254 appearances, 22 goals, not bad for a defender. So one in yeah. 10. Um, probably should have played a lot more for the club. But um, injuries, particularly at the beginning of his, his Celtic career for the, the first couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, so he came in in the January of 2012, first six months, wasn't really involved with the team too much, he said, suffered with injuries, but he was really just sort of settling in. Did go to the Euros with Sweden in 2012, um, and then came back for the 2012-13 season. It was really important for that team, um, you mentioned before about the Barcelona game, as we pretty much mention every week, but um, <laughs> no, he started that night. Um, you know, I mean, he was an important player in that, that team and in that season. He yep. then played in the Scottish Cup final that year. Um, and he was really starting to cement his place in the team. Bit of a shame, following season, he basically had injuries for the, the pretty much the entirety of the you know, 13-14. And, and then again, the season after that, Ronnie Dyla's first season, he barely played through injury. Yeah. But really, I mean, his Celtic career really takes a, you know, a second life after Brendan Rodgers comes in. And he really cements his place as you know, the vice-captain in the team. Becomes a big focal point in the dressing room. You know, you get the impression he's one of these guys who's kind of jeering people up, you know, and trying to keep high standards along with Scott Brown. And he, you get, you always get the impression when you can listen that he bought into the club. You know, he yeah. wasn't just a player; that he actually had a genuine love for the club and for the supporters, and that goes a long way to you know endearing yourself to people. Yeah, I think it just you, you're right by the kind of longevity of his spell, and you, you don't get many. Um, players from abroad coming and spending eight years, certainly anymore. So um, yeah. you're right. Always, uh, clearly did settle very well and just just loved his time here, loved the club. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Big personality. I mean, I mean, a few highlights for me that really stand out. That's what stands out for everybody. But the the, the fifth goal in the five one game at Highbrooks. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely you know, yeah. <laughs> not only I mean, it's your fullback picking the ball up in the halfway line and running. <laughs> In the last minute, just you know, just to try and just pummel your opponent <laughs> even more, you know. know. And he I mean, seemed to love scoring so much. Oh, he did. I know. Great celebration after that. I mentioned that obviously a, a, a couple of weeks ago um, when I was talking about Ibrooks for, for, for mm. Royal Cup for I because yeah, that that goal um, I put a few hundred quid in my pocket. Celtic score five. Yeah, no, we'll thank him for that. <laughs> no, and just I mean to score five at Ibrooks. Hopefully, yeah. we get a chance to do that again. Uh, that was a very very sweet moment. Of course. Um, other other highlights for me. I mean, twenty seventeen Cup final, which is only a few weeks after that. I don't know if you remember the final whistle for that. Scott Brown and Mikko Lustig are both on the touchline and the whistle goes and Scott Brown just goes, you know, mill like goes ballistic and Lustig's there and he runs towards him if he was going to do one of these sort of chest bumps where you sort of bounce off each other <laughs> and Mikko Lustig just kind of turns to the side and kind of elbows Scott Brown in the chest. <laughs> Doesn't feel it, obviously. But then he's just going, and they're just like tensing. And you just get, you showed you how much they wanted to win and how much that meant to them. Um, yeah. And this is a 
2017 will always be a highlight for me. And, you know, he just kind of summed that up. Yeah. Um, and then obviously after that, you mentioned the, the policeman's hat, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a daft moment, but it's just typical of him. You know, again, endearing yourself to the supporters. Yeah. Unfortunately, kind of pulled focus off James Forrest a little bit, but, you know, it's it's just part of Celtic folklore now, you know. Yeah. Nicholas, they were in the policeman's hat. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love his air piano celebration as well. That's just, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people can make that look cool. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ah, yeah, and then another highlight again, following year against Rangers again, 2-1 game, final whistle goes, Brown gets himself into a wee stushy, is it the holiday? Mika oh, Lustig yeah. comes running in and gets his shirt pulled off him, and you end up with that iconic picture of Mika Lustig running around like, you know, Tarzan, basically. He was not a shy guy, Mika Lustig, and he, he loved that incident, you know, he's a big smile on his face the whole time it's going on, just couldn't get enough of, you know, just winding them up and being involved in something. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I just I great Celtic player took a bit of stick at times, you know, particularly towards the end for not being the quickest. Last but season, yeah. yeah, I always felt to be fair, I, I thought it was a bit of a scapegoat at times that season. Um, yeah. it was a little unfair. You could argue maybe hung on a year too long, but do you know what? I'm not going to criticize someone for wanting to stay at the club. Uh, it's it. it, it it's a shame that I guess he, he's had to go because I, I think he, he, you know you're right. He was he did love it here. The fans loved him. It'd been nice for him to stay for for nine and ten, but I guess there's no room for. It's just a yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I think his place was going to go this season, yeah. and you know with the guys we brought in, I think that was, that was always going to happen. Yeah. Well, I had Ahmed that stayed fit this season. Yeah, I that's think what I was going to be saying. nailed on for. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I guess Ahmed, yeah, Ahmed, yeah. But I mean, I think it would have been useful to to, to keep him on, and yeah. just I think he probably would have slotted in. Times even centre half, yeah, no. um, at moments, pretty good cover. I know it is a shame that he's just not around this club in some capacity at the moment. But I, I, I kind of get the sense realistic when his playing career's finished, he'll probably be back. Um, yeah. I think there's a good chance of that. I mean, I don't know if he wants to go into coaching or what, but I've just got a feeling he's going to be one of these guys who. We'll makes a, a career out of being a Celtic player, you know, and <laughs> doing club functions and that sort of thing. Yeah, he yeah. seems to genuinely love the club. Yeah, he does. No, we'll wait, we'll wait and see, I guess. We'll wait and see how that plays out. But yeah, I, I, I think he'll always be welcomed back. You're right, he's a very much a fan favourite. So, um, yeah. yeah. It's just a shame he's got that terrible it. song, though, as well. Sure never. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. God. Right. <laughs> um, Okay, cheers, Barry. Uh, I think it's a. I mean, obviously, they're all, I guess, from um, fairly modern. Well, I, I'm saying modern times. You know, I mean, Lambert's in what '97, so it's <laughs> a good twenty odd years ago. But still, uh, three players of of our era, which is, is, I guess, nice to talk about. But we're kind of mindful, you know. Celtic does extend a good bit beyond that. Um, I just think they they probably are the top three L's, other than I think, I think the ones we mentioned at the top. Yeah. Uh, okay. The other thing I'll say about Lustig is that just to touch on his international career, he made yeah. 82 caps for Sweden, you know, like a proper country that qualifies for stuff. He played <laughs> at the Euros in 12 and 16, the World Cup in 18. So, you know, well, it wasn't just a, a league player, it was a guy who played at the highest, highest level, you know, for yeah. this country many, many times. No, good shout. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, no, it's, it's a great shout, but I love Mikko Lustig. Um, 
as much well certainly in there with Paul Lambert, Neil Lennon. You're right, there it's three real good picks this week. So um let's see how this goes then. So I'll go first. Um it's it's a tough one because like I say, I've, I've got great memories of Lustig uh, just all through his career, but I think on balance, I think Paul Lambert is probably a better player. Signing a Champions League winner, winner as you say, Mark, is kind of unheard of these days. That goal, uh, in the which pretty much set us on the way to stopping the 10, you know, with Janssen's title. I think that's the moment where you really believe this is going to happen. Um, so that's a real special memory. So I think that that's probably what clinches it for for Lambert for me. So I'll go for, I'll go with Paul Lambert. E, who wants to take it on next? I'll I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, as much as I love Lustig, he was a good player and he was a good laugh. You're right, Barry. I absolutely love the club, but it's got to be Neil Lennon for me, without a doubt. I mean, the, the guy, I just just bleed Celtic and he's been a huge success as a player and a manager so uh, I'm going to go for Lennon this week Cool Here's Mark uh, Barry do not envy Mika you Lust- Mika Lustig's at home <laughs> saying show your medals show your medals Well yeah Show your caps <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I can't really argue with it um, although I did but no um, <laughs> So I, my, my pick <laughs> Lennon or Lambert I mean, out of the three players, including Lustig, I think Lambert's unquestionably the best footballer. Um, I think he had the best football brain, played at higher levels than, than Lustig or, or, or Lennon yeah. in terms of winning a Champions League winner's medal. <sighs> yeah. But, but, yeah, I'll probably go for Neil Lennon. I mean, I'm assessing this really just as a, as a player, even though Lennon probably wasn't you know, as good a player as Lambert. He was... It, it, it was successful pretty much the whole way through his, his Celtic career. Yeah. He was pretty much never present. He never really got injured as far as I can remember. Um, and right up to his last game, you know, Scottish Cup final 2007, um, you know, picked up you know, Scottish Cup. So, um, yeah, and I think to an extent, I think he was maybe a little bit underrated, Neil Lennon. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with, with Neil Lennon for my choice. Hmm. Cheers, Barry. Okay, so yeah. there we go. I think, uh, you're right, it's maybe difficult to separate the the managerial stuff which I appreciate probably just makes Lennon almost an auto pick but um, you're right as a player I don't think there's there's probably not much in it Lennon or Lambert so um, but no I'll, I'll take that anyway so so cheers guys so Neil Lennon cool. goes in as our player for L okay so uh, let's take it away with the wild card A to Z and just a reminder as always this is any Anything at all, any artefact, place, thing, concept, could be another player, could be a manager, opposing team, whatever, uh, to go into the wildcard A to Z that we are compiling as well. So I think we're going to go reverse order this week. Uh, so Barry, I'll let you take it away. Thanks, Jerry. Right, so if it was down to me, Celtic would win every game 5 nothing. Um, and there would never be any stress watching Celtic. I mean, one effort in all the time, dead easy. <laughs> <laughs> However, in saying that, there's there's probably no better feeling in football than to watch Celtic score a last-minute winner um, in an important game. 
So that I'm nominating last minute winners for my wild card. Really, just as an excuse to reminisce about a couple of a couple of memories. <laughs> so I I'll like preface it. this by saying, the, what I've done is I've prepared the top five. Per, totally personal choice for me. And in that sense, it doesn't have goals from like the 60s or the 70s uh, or the early 80s because you know, I wasn't really around watching games at that point, so I don't really have the emotional connection to them. So I don't, yeah, I'm not going to apologise. These goals are all from my time watching Celtic. So number five. Okay. So you're um, going in reverse thought, order then, right? So, right yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to okay. count this down. So. Right. I'm looking forward to this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Number five, I've got the Scottish Cup final, 1988. So this is the oldest goal on my list. Right. Okay. So probably the first Scottish Cup final I really remember. Vague re- recollections of sort of watching it on TV um, and Celtic winning, but Frank McAvenny, 89th minute, stabbing the ball in from off a couple of yards out. I always remember from TV, a dead sunny day, sort of blue skies. Um, Hamden didn't, didn't have a roof over the Celtic end um, so I don't know how to just help the light coming in but I just it's imprinted on my brain just that that's mm-hmm. Celtic win the Scottish Cup when it's sunny because <laughs> 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 like, it always seems to be sunny um, but yeah I mean, coming from behind centenary season such an important goal in the sort of history of the club um, yeah and it's I mean, maybe not the greatest goal in the world in terms of it's um, execution, but just extremely important. Now, a lot of fond memories um, yeah. relate to that. Brilliant. Yep. Cool. Um, yep. Number four um, is probably not where near as important in that sense. So it's 2013 14 Champions League playoff Celtic versus Shakhtar uh-huh. Karagandhi. Uh, James Forrest, yeah. Uh-huh. James Forrest, 93rd minute. Yeah, that was I mean, great. Celtic coming back from 2 0 down from the first leg to win and then win the second leg 3 0. I mean, because we didn't get an away goal, you're kind of in tender hooks that whole game. I know. I mean, it was yeah, a, I remember as soon as an away goal because then you're out yeah. effectively. Aye, it was a great. That was a great moment, um, and that was a great win. And I, I didn't fancy standing there for another forty-five minutes. So, because <laughs> um, <laughs> you're right, it would have been. I don't think I could have stood it because you, you just knew. Yeah, if they got a goal, that's it. It's over. Um, so yeah, that was that was a great moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great game, great second half in particular, and then uh, you see Lennon running down the touchline as well the whole way. Um, just a brilliant moment, and the noise in Celtic Park that night was incredible. Number three, yep. I've got the Scottish Cup final 2017. Yep, okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> Tom Rogic in the last minute, obviously fairly recent, but again, I mean, I can still see that movement in my head, you know, from yeah. my seat, that that view of Tom Rogic coming towards me. Um, and, and just slowing it in at that near post. And I mean, I was basically in tears when that goal went in because it was just, it was so tense the whole way through the game. And just an emotional release was just so yeah. much. Um, I think to win a, a treble with a last minute goal in a cup final <laughs> is a pretty special moment. I don't mean treble. I know, yeah, sorry, you're right. I know, uh, uh, of course, Invincible's treble. Um, <laughs> there is, I don't know if this is true, but legend has it that. Um, <laughs> uh, that lightning actually struck Hamden the moment that Tom Rogic scored that goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, certainly had the weather for it that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there was a little thunder and lightning about, but yeah, uh, that's I've seen a picture, which but I'm pretty sure it's photoshopped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but supposedly that's true, and you just think that's yeah, there's something going on there, isn't there? That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. 
So I mentioned that go a few times in this podcast, but it'll stay with me to you know to my dying day. Yeah. Um, number two, just narrowly missing out in the top spot, is again maybe not the most important goal for Celtic, but it's uh, Spartak Moscow 2012-13 season yeah, right. Champions League, um, three-two game, <laughs> and big Giorgio Samaras coming up in the last minute to to steal the game. <laughs> Celtic had never won away from home in the yep, Champions League right, group yeah. stage until then. Uh, I mean, a fantastic game of football, if nothing else. I was Celtic going, taking yeah. the lead. Yeah. And then coming back, then taking yeah. the lead. Yeah. Red cards, own goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, Celtic just stealing it in the last minute. And, and deserved the victory. But, I mean, the reason I really remember that is more from watching the game um, in Falsha, um, yep. in Simmons Street in Glasgow. I think you were there, Jerry, and maybe yeah, a couple of other pals. <laughs> and again... It was like going back to the years, like from a new almost, because we'd had maybe four or five seasons where we didn't do anything in Europe, yeah. um, and that felt like us coming back again. And you know, we're a proper team again, and you were going to take notice. Um, and it was such a great feeling. It was that 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 is a special one. You're right in getting that first that proper monkey off the back, yeah, moment with that. So excellent, yeah, good shout. Yeah. Uh, I suspect I, I I know what your first one's going to be, <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? I'm surprised. There's there's one I'm really surprised you missed, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll I'll let you have your yeah. have your moment. Well, I mean, it's, one your these, one. it's one of these lists. I mean, I, I could write this list. I could write thirty of them probably. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my list today at this moment so but number one probably wouldn't change actually so number one is big Jan Benninger of Hesselink 2008 um, title running Celtic are miles behind in the league if we don't win that game the league's over frankly I mean yeah. we're not getting anywhere um, as to say against Rangers with I mean Celtic have taken the lead in that game Nakamura scored a goal out of the out, you know just a goal you couldn't make up from Nakamura effectively the way the ball swells and then Rangers come back in it and probably deservedly get an equaliser and then there's that strange moment when Nakamura should have scored a brilliant second goal but it's cleared off the line by Carlos Quella's hand um, Celtic yeah, get the penalty and miss it yeah, and then um, it's just Celtic bombarding the goal for the last 15 minutes or so and then I mean we knew the league was over at that point if, it, if this doesn't go in and then I remember right, it's Gary Caldwell chips the ball at the back post and then Scott yes, right. yep. it back across. And I me, mean, big guy can't miss, but he's there at the right place at the right time. It's an um, awesome goal, yes. It's, it's a great awesome. moment. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about the row from the Carragandy game and the row from Big Yan scoring that goal. I'm surprised the stadium is still standing. It was just, <laughs> I, I mean, people were just losing their minds at that point. And it wasn't like we knew we were definitely going to win the league or anything because we were still miles back, but it just it gave us hope, you know, and you could just continue. Yep. Um, and, and ultimately, we did win the league in 2008. There's, so, there's, amazing, sorry, but there's amazing footage of that game from the Rangers' end. Like they're, they're, it's like they're all singing and cheering, and it's just like instantaneous, like mute. Yeah, yes. <laughs> just the, the shock and the roll that goes up from from my, it's just it's probably one of my favourite ever things I've ever seen. Well, both, um, <laughs> but it, it's just incredible because obviously you know the I think hubris is a word that they're maybe not familiar with, or they should be, and it's like they're celebrating the title and boom, <laughs> 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 the noise goes off. No, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's a good trade, Barry, for number one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that will, much like the 2017 goal, I mean, I'll, I'll remember that to the day I die, that goal going in, it's just yeah. such a great memory. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's my top five. Um, I think you guys will get your own top fives, there might be some overlaps, but um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, you could, I could no, write I, this list. I know. Over. Well, do you know, when you, when you mentioned yeah. earlier what you were going to do, I, I started thinking about what, what would I have in it, and I, I came to the same conclusion as you, Barry. Big Jan's has got to be number one. <laughs> it's just such a wonderful moment. But I must admit, I've got a few, I've got a few different ones, uh, yeah. which, I would have, which I would have thrown in there. Um, Mark, I don't know if you, what you're sitting on as well. If you've, uh, well, I've got a list of uh, top 75 last minute winners. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll, I'll laughs> okay, uh, I, mean, I, won't, I won't steal your thunder, Barry, but uh, this, my ones that I was thinking uh, Cham's goal last season uh, in Lazio is, yep. you know, that, that, that's got to be worthy of a shout, surely. Um, no, no, absolutely. It was in my list and I actually took it out. But no, yeah. you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, the, I mean, there's a couple of other European, a couple of Champions League ones. In fact, you mentioned obviously Dida a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know the Scott McDonald goal uh, against AC Milan, um, yep. against Shakhtar Donetsk as well. Donati. Donati was Donati was on my list as well. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> right, but I mean, I love the Donati goal so yeah. much because I mean, Donati was a limited footballer ultimately, a bit of a disappointment. But he seemed like a dead nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> and to see him score that goal and celebrating the way he did was uh, it was a brilliant moment. That. Uh, and the other one which I thought you were going to throw in just as as a kind of left field pick because it's probably not the the highest profile game. You know, it was just a league game. But I don't know if you remember the one uh, we were three one down to Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, we ended up winning four three in the last minute. Yeah, George Samaras overhead kick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 4-3 I, I, I thought that one might have made it in just for a I, again it was on my, my, my top 20 list I had to narrow it down but it was definitely in there I mean I remember that game vividly I mean yeah. Celtic Park wasn't full by any stretch that, at that time because I think people knew that you know we were winning the championship there wasn't any real competition so there was maybe only about 40,000 at that game and I don't think there was a single other person in my row so when that goal went in for the fourth for the fourth goal, I think I was like bounding about about fifty yards side to side celebrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, as I say, that's a, that's maybe a kind of. Uh, you're right though. I mean, there's there's loads over the years. You start kind of looking into it. Even uh, Chris Sutton in the six-two game, you know, just getting that sixth goal against Rangers mm. is a pretty special moment. Um, I know it's obviously a five-two up. So it's not exactly a last-minute winner, but you know, still. <laughs> I know. it doesn't meet the criteria. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and they might have I came back. Said, <laughs> I actually have considered and uh, sorry, I say Andre Alan Stubbs goal against Rangers in '97, but that was an equaliser. But uh, so okay. that, that didn't make it because right. of that. Otherwise, so it has to strictly, it has to be a winner. Okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one I would add to that, guys, would be Eddie's goal last year at Tynecastle, so yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other one I was thinking of, you thought was Sutton. Do you remember the last old firm game with OCO four? Yep. The one when uh, the knockdown from Henrik then Sutton blasts it from outside the box. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was, yeah. uh, that I'm great sure, goal. I'm sure, sure Tom scored last minute when there was well against Rangers in the 04-05 season. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, so, I mean, there's nothing about a last minute goal, especially against Rangers. That's always uh, <laughs> particularly sweet. And I, I had thought about, I don't know if it'd be the, the goal that Kelly scored, 97-98, Ibrooks, last minute winner. Um I think it's probably uh, appropriate to mention so you're right, I mean my, the ones in my mind as well are obviously all ones from the modern era, the ones you know I've seen and you remember the game, you remember it vividly. But probably worth pointing out um 
that Billy McNeil did score a last minute winner in the semi final yep. uh, of the European Cup in 1967, <laughs> uh, which obviously sent us in to the final. So that's that's probably quite an important last minute goal. So yeah, no, you're quarter final, you not thinking. I was a quarter final, so I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah, quarter final. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's you're right, there are obviously other big ones from from the past. But uh, that that was excellent, Barry. I really enjoyed that. I was looking yeah. forward to that when you mentioned you were going to do it. So <laughs> we could probably spend yeah. a bit of time on that. Yeah. Which to be honest, so Celtic have a bit, I think Sorry, Celtic, good. I mean as an attacking club, Celtic are you know, with the attacking team were favourites in most of the games, certainly in, in Scotland. So we're the team trying to force yeah, the issue. So it, yeah. it's quite yeah. common that we'll score last minute goals. Um, and, and on that basis, you know, it seems apt that that should be, you know, the wild card pick. Mm, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good shout, but nothing better, isn't it? The last minute winner. <laughs> No, I'm glad I know, God, uh, yeah, do you know what, let's, uh, I, I could throw in a few of those again from Aye, Martin O'Neill's European. Normally involving a goal, even how long. But yes, okay, let's, yeah, that, 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 was, that was great, bye, cheers for that. Um, mm. it's, it's better than mine, mine's is, might be a little boring. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad we got to talk about that for a bit. Uh, Mark, do you want to, do you want to go next? Yeah, thank, thanks, Jerry. Uh, and thanks for that, Barry, as well. I, I consider maybe doing loan, for kind of loan players, because they can be a hit or miss. But it was actually my wife who gave me an inspiration for this one this uh, week, and uh, it suggested London Road. Oh, okay, okay. So it, it's, not, it's not a kind of talk on the geography of Glasgow streets. <laughs> um, it's also London was a, a big part of you know, the Celtic experience, you know, when you go to the football. And it was to kind of come the idea when you're with all your pals and you're going to the game, the excitement. And then you buy said a couple of weeks ago that you still like same every time you get to Parkhead and you go up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think that way whenever you go into the football, no matter how many times you go, when you're walking along London Road with your pals and you're having this sort of pre-match chat, you're discussing tactics, you know, what you're looking forward to, you're predicting a result, and then just the kind of the big sea green white just emerges and forms a kind of river going up London Road. And yeah. no matter how many times I go to football, that's always so exciting to be a part of that experience. Um, and that's what you always kind of look forward to. That yeah, the, the, it just I think it's all part of my experience. I've done it before, but I've been again by myself, and it's pretty boring. But it's even just amongst like fellow Celtic fans, and you just feel that buzz. You know, as the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you walk to Parkhead, and, and even Barry, when I've walked with you, tried to keep pace with you <laughs> up London Road, which is not enjoyable experience. Usually, a couple of steps and a jog, a couple of steps and a jog. <laughs> but I'm walking the top of London Road. It's that. It's that. It's a kind of the pre-match build-up. You know, at the pub with your pals, the walk up. You know, with your fellow fans, all the banter you get, the excitement. Get by. A burger for one of the questionable. <laughs> I always look forward to that. <laughs> Nothing at all. You know, I, I crave those burgers. I could eat one right now. <laughs> um, I'm actually doing it to take away. That's gone in the market. I mean, there's some other things as well. I remember, uh, I remember buying tapes and CDs for vendors. You know, back in when I was first going to games, you get a lot of tapes for Celtic songs or yeah. Irish songs. Um, you know, for, for vendors along the road, buying pin badges and stuff as well. Bought umpteen scarves over the years and stuff. So you're right. There's that that whole thing. Just as you get closer to the stadium, and there's just all these wee bits and pieces and stuff. So, I particularly think, in European nights and in midweek games, I think you know at night time always 
there's a, a bit more, bit more something in the air in those games. Buzz, yeah. Rather than just a you know, regular Saturday game, you know, you always get a bit more excited walking up. And you see the crowds are all turning up at the same time, pretty much, because everyone's you know coming home for work. Um, so it always seems much busier just when you turn up. Um, yeah, you say it being good boys, yeah. uh-huh. I do like it. That's good. Yeah, I mean, on two occasions I've taken people to the football who've never been before. One, one was my wee girl. We walked along London with my dad. That was a really special moment. And then another time it was a friend of a friend who was Argentinian who came over and we take him to a game. He might be the guy that's listening to the podcast. But I don't know. <laughs> we do have uh, one listener in Argentina, so yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was really just to get. Maybe, because I jumped in a taxi, but I thought I want him to get the experience. You know, the, the kind of the the Odyssey up from the the kind of the East End. You know. Up, up the Gallagate, up then on on the road just to get that kind of experience of you know what it's like to to get to game. So that actually it's, it's a very kind of brief one tonight. The idea is it's, 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 it's the magic that starts to kind of generate before kickoff, particularly in a big game. And it, it's Do you know what I think it. of when you think of London Road though? This is says more about me than anything else. But okay, <laughs> I, I think I think of the London Road Tavern. <laughs> Which isn't called that anymore. It's on the corner. The uh, real McCoy, um, is it? Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's real McCoy now, but it used yeah. to be London Road Tavern. Yeah. So when I first started going to the games, kind of mid nineties, we used to try and go in there and get a pint. You know, we're like fourteen, fifteen. But <laughs> <laughs> almost get served. <laughs> so it was always a highlight. I, I would just finish by saying that one of my best memories in Barry, you remember us as well when we went one of our pals uh, to the double treble celebration when they played up London yeah. Road. That that was just. Again, sun was shining that day. It was a proper cup final day. Uh, you know, as to our pal Tom, it was just, just fantastic. And never thinking that we'd come a regular occurrence winning the treble. <laughs> that was like, uh, <laughs> we've done it twice. Never thinking about yeah. three times. Four, four's in the cards. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't that's think those favorite. parades are going to become regular occurrences, though. I, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> 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 the annual Celtic treble parade stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that's a, that's a nice one, Mark, as well. You're right, and a lot of kind of good memories in there. And, um, yeah, I can vividly picture it right now. So, good stuff. Uh, right, okay, so uh, as I said, um, mine is probably. <laughs> but do you know what? When I first came up with it, I thought it was a good idea. Um, and then as I started looking at it, now you're not so sure. Looking into it, making some notes, and this, is, this is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, stick with it. <laughs> um, That's my, a rant, Jerry. No, 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 it's not a rant. You know, it's, this is a, a genuinely positive thing for the club. Uh, and it's Lennox Town, uh, the, the training club complex at Lennox Town. Uh, it's, it's one of these things that um, I don't know if, well, Let's be honest. Maybe it did hold Celtic back somewhat. Uh, Barrafield and the somewhat primitive training facilities that they had, and the fact that there was functions going on and stuff like that when, when the players were, <laughs> were like training and that. Um, and I think it, it, obviously several managers over the years made big deals about you know no, we need a proper training complex. You know. Uh, if we want to be taken seriously as a big European club, you, you need something like that. So um, it was on the cards for a long time. Yeah, um, well overdue. It should have been done 20 years before it before it was. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And But do you know what it's here now? And it, it genuinely is, I think, one of the one of the top ones in, well, certainly, certainly in Britain, if not in Europe, uh, you know, which is great. I'm going to give you, there's a, so there's an interesting piece of history, um, which I don't know if, if you have ever came across, but... Uh, on the obviously, I presume you've maybe been to it, but it's, it's, 
the old um, Lennox Hospital that used to be there. Um, it's like kind of in the grounds of it. One of the pitches uh, was actually there from the times of the hospital. And believe it or not, Celtic actually played there in 1937 against a Lennox Hospital 11. Celtic sent up a team yep. to play to open, uh, you know, I think it was the grounds or something like that. Um, it's kind of odd that then, obviously in years to come, that, yep. that, that pitch is now part of Celtic's yep. uh, training facility. Yes. Not that interesting, but you know, I thought that was the most interesting. <laughs> Jerry, <thing I've> <laughs> is, that the, is that the game where there was a number of hospital passes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, <laughs> I thought you were actually going to tell us something about that game. It wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> um, Do you know what was the actual score? Do you know? No idea, buddy. <laughs> All right, so, so we might actually get beat. We might have, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, it, that was a pretty poor time for Celtic. I think Aye, that was it. Apparently, the season we were almost relegated. Right, no, no, Celtic won the league in thirty-eight. Is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll bow to your knowledge on that, boys. I'm not certain where Celtic were in nineteen thirty-seven. I'm thinking thirty-seven was that as that pre-Jimmy McGrory man is Jimmy McGrory manager at that point. No, I know William Mealy. I think was it? Still William Mealy. No, because I what was it forty that uh, McStay came in as manager. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right, okay, cool. Um, sorry, yes. we're having a tangent, Jerry, sorry. <laughs> That's fine, let me get back to, to, to Lennox now. There is a, there's a really cool, so Celtic TV have done a couple of Access All Areas videos on Lennox Town. Uh, and I'm, fair enough, I, I'm maybe a bit geeky with it, but I, I think it's actually really cool seeing inside a building, seeing the offices and you know, some of the team even looking at work and then you see the indoor facilities and stuff like that. You know, it, it's... I, I find that interesting. You know, I can sit and watch. <laughs> what <laughs> do you find interesting? <laughs> 15, 20 minutes and this kind of stuff. Neil Lennon sitting at a computer with the other coaches. Don't know what he's doing, but you know, <laughs> and you get a guy goes into like the you know the gyms and stuff, and you see the guys doing the dreaded bleep test, which I always hated. You know, mm-hmm. having to do but stuff like that. I just kind of it makes it all. I don't know. It gives you a sense of properly what goes on day-to-day in there and you see like the canteen and we're going for lunch and stuff like that and then you know the the, the press room and stuff so uh, I I find it interesting watching those kind of videos I think it's a you're right it was a long overdue thing for Celtic to have some great quotes about it people are genuinely impressed with it and it is it's kind of used as a selling tool to players now I think particularly like European players players coming from elsewhere you know they, they come into you know Glasgow Airport or Edinburgh Airport or whatever they're taking to Lennox Town showing around it's you know it, it, yeah. it gives a sense of yeah this is a, a world class club that you're coming to now so um, I think it's uh, don't get me wrong there's something sweet about you know the Lisbon Lions getting changed to Celtic Park and running along the streets <laughs> to Barrowfield but you can only do that for so long you know it had to change yeah there's funny yeah. stories about um I think who, who it is. I think it may be like Frank McAvaney, certainly that kind of era. And he talks about uh, either you know they'll go and do an extra an extra lap or something. They'll go out, they'll run along on the road, and they would basically just like run along a cafe and get a rolling sausage. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I will leave early, boss. I just get along. <laughs> uh, but right, that's a, it's a kind of bygone era <laughs> almost. Uh, but uh, it's nice that Barrowfield's still a part of Celtic, and I believe the. Um, the, the women's team and the youth teams are, are, are going to be that, that's going to be yeah well they've the got plans to redevelop Barrowfield yeah. was there not planning permission was granted about yeah. six months or so ago um, for a, an indoor facility um, and redeveloping one of the other pitches so 
I mean, it's good there'll still be something in the East End of Glasgow, you know, the mm. traditional home, um, and hopefully we can continue to use that. Yeah. Cool. So th- that, that was me, just, a, I guess, a wee bit on Lennox Town. It's, it's kind of part of, it's part of the club now, uh, and, you know, obviously it's a, it's a real good facility. I think some of the footage up there is pretty cool when you see it as well. So, um, but do you know what? I'm going to the, let's not beat about the bush, Barry. Your last minute winners is clearly the winner <laughs> <laughs> this week on the Olympics. Uh, could literally talk about that all night. Um, I'm, I'd love to hear your list of 75 one week, Mark. I think we, oh. <laughs> we come at a dodgy letter, we'll, we'll get you back. I, well, Gary, you should have, you should have, you should have waited until like a minute before the podcast finishes and then told us Barry to keep in keeping with the topic. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, I, yeah, I should have done that, shouldn't I? Let's uh, keep the suspense. I don't think there would We're have been much. Still equaliser. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I know Lennox Town could. <laughs> London Road might equalise. Oh, that's a project. Penalties given. But no, I think uh, I, I think that I think it's got to be last minute winners <laughs> going in as a, as a, a last a, minute winner. A worthy winner. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, uh, so that's uh, that's that's our L show. So we've got Neil Lennon going in as a player, and we've got last minute winners going in as the the wild card entry. There, we are going to do a special on Larson and the lines. Uh, so that, that'll be in next week. And like I say, feel free to get in touch if you want to contribute in for that. Also, if you want to contribute anything to our list of last minute winners, because I'm sure there's other ones you know, that we have forgotten about. Um, good to maybe hear from some of the older fans as well, if there are ones from 60s, 70s, 80s, which you know can really stick in the minds. Uh, so, you know, get in touch on Facebook or on email address, celticaz at mail.com. Love to hear from you. Um, Listener base base is growing. Another couple of countries to welcome on: Czechia, Luxembourg, um, Japan as well. Got some fans out in Japan. Love to be big in Japan. I think we'll <laughs> get that one day. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, you know, please uh, keep you know sharing us, liking us, and tell us how we're doing. Um, share us with your friends uh, and see where we can get to with it. Uh, but that that's been good, boys. I've enjoyed your company tonight. Cheers, Barry. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Barry. Cheers, guys. Yeah, and thank you all. And we'll be back next week, say, for our special and then taking it back to M. So uh, that'll do us for this week. Cheers, all, and good night.